0: You are now listening to Conscientization 101, an online magazine combining reflection, music, and action through independent media.
1: It's uh, very important to be with conscious African women and men. And I'm very excited to see Conscientization 101, to see Sister Zari there and the brother James. And uh, to see that you have started an organization to conscientize the world, especially African people, about what's really going on in this world.
2: Conscientization
0: 101.
3: A lot of these people right now in this conscious, so-called conscious movement, they're not actually living in that in that lifestyle. Bakers. That's why, you know, obviously yourself, we're on the same sort of frequency. That's why you're
2: listening to the same things I'm listening to, because we're sharing that same sort of thought. We want the same sort of things, and a lot of people don't want the same sort of things.
4: Even yourself, what you're doing now is for the people. So everything is people-based.
0: Globally conscientizing.
4: Be proud of what um, this kind of connection here is that you know, well, no matter what is said, no matter what is done, um, you, you, leave that, you leave listening to our music with a feeling. The same way we're going to leave this conversation with a feeling. And um, that is the most important thing for, for I and I the, the vibe and the energy and the feeling that you leave with. because you might not remember every lyric, but you're going to remember the feeling. So, um, that's, that's 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 really important and that's what i'm getting from what you're doing, doing, doing,
3: doing, doing, doing.
0: welcome to another episode of constantization 101 podcast. welcome everybody to another episode of the constantization 101 podcast I am your host for this episode, Zari Sundiata, and I am managing editor of Conscientization101.com. And we continue our ideal practice series with the conclusion of Dr. Marimba Ani's digitally remastered presentation of her African critically acclaimed book, Urugu, an African-centered critique of European cultural thought and behavior. As we discussed on our previous episode, we created this Ideo Praxis series as an extension of our Constantization 101 produced tracks from our free gift musical commentaries, which feature Dr. Bernard Biani, Dr. Amos Wilson, and Dr. John Henry Clark. These episodes have been produced to preserve these critical insights and analysis in the wake of an increasingly restrictive and control YouTube and just anything in general, any media in general, really. So, in this conclusion, Mama I Need will be discussing the following. The Western conception of monotheism, how, why, the Western conception of beauty and art is the perfection that does not exist in nature, i.e., the obsession with physical perfection, eternal youth, and saying such as, you are as young as you want to be. The purpose of the cultural other, quote-unquote. Her term, the rhetorical ethic, our multiculturalism, and our battle sayings such as, We are all human, we are one human race, I don't see color, and we are all part of the human family, etc., is the imperial Western ideological weapon, which she defines as the syntax of universalism. This is the tactic Europeans use to attempt to negate one's unique African identity or any non-white person's identity in favor of what they define as the, quote, human race or, quote, universal humanity, but really is the propagation of European cultural imposition, which is assimilation slash domination. The meaning of the term, quote, progressive, as defined by Western epistemology and much more, Alright, so we got a lot of ground to cover, so let's get this show started now. Dr. Marumba-Ani Yorugu.
5: Now, what happens is that this asili is being fulfilled, it's seeking to be fulfilled in a historical process through cultural development and one of the things that's very necessary is a national consciousness that is the development of a european national consciousness and at different periods in their development there were different institutions which kind of come to the foreground all of them have the same purpose but there are different ones that are focused at different times okay one of the first the way i see it is the academy as Plato defined it that helped to create a model for um, the the emerging European national consciousness because that wouldn't come to totally be until a, a later period but this was this was setting things in place but then there are other institutions at another point The church becomes one of the main institutions within which that national consciousness is developed. Then you have uh, industrial uh, capitalist order, which becomes that. You have scientism as they define it, which becomes that. Um, Now you you have this world order that they're talking about in terms of the European um, community. What is it? The uh, European something community, economic Economic community, Um, EEC, that's it. What we have to understand is how all of these are expressions of the European Asili, the same cultural seed. Let's go to the next slide, please. And so now we will move to what was a very important um, institution in the development of this. Plato had started the ball rolling um, in terms of making epistemology or concepts of, of truth Making that ideological, which is what he did. Now, we would have a statement which would take religion, so-called, and make that ideological. Let me back up a minute. What Plato was able to achieve was to take a way of defining truth and reaching truth and say, this is the only way. Okay? Anybody else who doesn't, doesn't do it this way is stupid. And because they're stupid, they should be controlled. That's what it says. Now we'll have a statement which says, this is the only way to approach, to reach, to relate to whatever you call God. And anybody who doesn't do that can be destroyed, enslaved, and so forth. So we look at Christianity as a core mechanism of the European Asili for the achievement of European world domination. If you look in the middle, you see the the circles, the Asili always in the center. (coughs) We see at the bottom there this word proselytization. What does that mean? That's about missionizing. That's about taking your ideas and forcing them on other people. That's about a posture that says, you people didn't have any spiritual concepts before we came here, so we are doing you a favor by giving you these. That is a statement of cultural imperialism and it goes hand in hand with political aggression, it is an aggressive statement so the Christian approach posture was the perfect mechanism for the expansion of European culture in this way, for the the, um, perpetration of European imperialism And Constantine seems to have been the first person to have recognized what a perfect instrument it would be. You have your one God, so you have your one emperor. Your one empire, which really represents one group of people dominating everybody else. So the Romans could take this throughout the world, they said. God had told them to do that. And they could uh, bestow these blessings on the people that they would conquer. So if we look on the uh, lower right-hand corner, you see that this institutionalization of this religious statement in Christianism allowed for the expansion of the European cultural self. We have never understood the significance of the European statement of monotheism. The Asili analysis allows us to do that. Why? Because we always see it in ideological terms. You must always ask yourself, how does it fulfill the Asili? What does the Asili do? It seeks European power. So monotheism for them really is about the control of one group of people. It is a model which says... If we can convince people that there is only one true God and we got him, then they got to come to us for that. And in the process, we can enslave them. That's what the monotheistic ideal means in European terms. But we have not understood that. We have not understood that it really means (coughs) European monolithic control. So that we have been very defensive trying to prove that we are monotheists. We're ashamed of, of our people who they call polytheists. We don't even know what those things mean, but we're ashamed of it. Instead of trying to interpret these terms in terms of their posture, towards us, which was colonialists. So that if we look at the upper left-hand corner, you see that the, this religious statement is patriarchal. In it, nature is identified with sin and evil. Nature is that which it should be controlled It is rationalistic. Remember what we said about that? So it is actually the denial of spirit. It's not a spiritual statement. We have made the mistake of identifying or thinking that you can identify religion with spirituality and they're not the same thing. It is a a statement which really deals with fear of blackness. That is, it teaches us to be afraid of blackness as opposed to the concept with, with which Dr. Richard King would talk about in terms of the black dot being a doorway to deeper um, spiritual consciousness. In this, this statement, this religious statement, whiteness is defined as good. Now... These statements, one of the things that I attempt to avoid is making statements which are, which are merely rhetorical. Everything that I say, I not only believe, but I. to me it makes sense, and I'm trying to make sense of it. So when I say that the religious statement makes people hate blackness, fear blackness and see whiteness as good. I mean it. I have seen proof of it. There are statements that you can read by African people on the continent, for instance, who have gone through a process of missionary education who can attest to this in a very personal way. Kofi Awonor, who is an Ave poet, um, talks about that in a book called Breast of the Earth. Chinwe Izu talks about that in uh, The West and the Rest of Us. There are many statements which people can talk now about what that whole uh, process did to them. But I have just returned from Ghana and in Accra throughout the city are Billboards, and I mean billboards, huge, big posters with a Jesus figure, it's supposed to be, that has blonde, straggly hair and blue eyes. This is in a black country, and people can look at this and want to move towards it want to incorporate it into their consciousness. What does that say about the process that was done to enslave our minds? What does that say about the state of self-hatred? Women, commonly, commonly, this not exceptionally, commonly in Ghana, I understand also in Nigeria, also in Senegal, seen it in Senegal. Put chemicals on their skin, which changes the color to um, something that looks very, very sick. It's it's uh, like an orangish, unreal kind of of uh, um, tone, which is it's it's death. They're killing themselves. Uh, The process, besides making them lighter, artificially lighter, thins the skin. Because what you're really doing is taking the melanin out of your skin. And so, in terms of surgery, if you should ever need it, it can't be performed because the skin can't take sutures. So that when I talk about what this process has done and what it means and what it implies. You see, for our self-concept, I'm not exaggerating when I say these things. When I talk about the the proselytization or the missionizing, you see, which is really bringing in a culture and imposing a culture, there are probably, I, I would, I'm sure that there are more missionaries right now today in Ghana than there were in the what 1500s more churches are everywhere all different kinds of churches yet it is very difficult to find um a temple a shrine in which you could study participate learn about the the traditional ancestral spiritual concepts in that country. That's the reality today. You understand? So then if we go to the lower left-hand corner, we will see that what this institution did was to allow the European to identify who they were and who the other was, who the enemy was. How did it do that? very simply they were the christians everybody else was the the heathen the heathen is is he and she who can be exploited can be dominated and can be destroyed and so you have a pope who says go throughout the world and reduce all infidels to servitude, and that has been the role of the Christian Church in terms of the european asili and we 've got to understand it let 's move then to another area let 's see how this um, expresses itself through their concepts of beauty, through their concepts of art, art for them, becomes the perfection that does not exist in nature. For African people, we are using artistic expression to um, make connections to express our connectedness to a a sacred realm. Indeed, to express the sacredness which is within us. For Europeans, nature represents disorder. Therefore, you must create that which is perfection, which is non-spiritual, it is external. We can see what it does affectively, that is in terms of feeling, emotion, motivation. We can see on the other side cognitively in terms of thought what happens. But very importantly for us is how it functions, this aesthetic, how it functions politically. if I can read that for people who cannot see the board. The European aesthetic causes self-hatred in non-European people, in African people. It causes our inferiorization. That is, it makes us objects. It makes us regard ourselves as objects. It is the rejection of non-European being. Now what I like to do is to give some examples of this. We've already seen some, I just talked about some, that are very tragic. Very sad us to understand that we are at war without knowing we're at war, which is a very bad state to be in. But I want to give you um, one example that that I really um, I like to give because it brings it right home. The sisters among us who uh, are not real young may have had the experience of going to ballet classes when they were young. How many people here had to go to ballet when you were young? Put your hands up high. Thank you very much. Okay, you will be able to identify and understand this. So we're gonna share this with the brothers and with those sisters fortunate enough not to have had that experience. You stand in the studio, and the teacher comes around as you are standing next to these bars that they have. So somebody from the community, tell me, what is it that the teacher does? Yes. The teacher comes to you and pushes you in. literally is pushing you behind it. Why? She says it's too big. Too big for what? There is supposed to be this ideal form that is right for doing that form of dance. We, as African women, are not built correctly to do this form of dance. So these, usually it's little girls when you're doing this. You're usually young. So you're having this experience of somebody telling you that you're not built right. And then you try to walk around, you know, with this pushing your behind end. Well, you can't change that. So that puts you in this state of conflict with yourself. Denial, hatred of yourself. Why am I made like this? Why do you go to ballet? What do they call it? They call it classical. What does classical mean? It means that it is universal. It means that it is the highest form of dance. How did ballet come to be the highest form of dance? Created in Russia, long, long, long centuries, and I can't even talk about how much longer it was. it was originated after the original people in Africa, and our dance. Think about it. You're talking about a form that was created in, say, the 1500s. You know how long we had been dancing by the 1500s? Yet this form is called classical, universal, the highest, the best, And they will say that you should study it before you study other forms of dance. Why? Because it will teach you the proper way. It will teach you technique, discipline, right? If you want to study African dance, well, before, it's probably changed now, but they, it wouldn't have African dance on the board. You know what it would have? ethnic. You know what ethnic means? That means it was cultural. One is classical, one is ethnic. What is that saying? They are universal, we are the particular, they are better, we are lesser than. And we incorporate all of these ideas. Okay? I have seen commercials on BET. Um, I had the name for it. Um, uh, starts with an R, I think. I can't remember. What is it? Yeah, that's it. And it's, it's a hair uh, something. To do something to the hair. And they'll have... Uh, two images and one in the top of the screen looking mean and everything is somebody with their hair just coming out it's not just in a natural state but it's not there's no uh, style whatsoever okay it's not even locked it's not in a fro it's just looking crazy And then they have another image of this person smiling with the slick hair. And you see how those aesthetic concepts are used to control our minds so that we are prepared to be political victims of European world domination. You see how the aesthetic then is an expression of the acili. What is the acili about? European power over non-Europeans. European power over Africans. You see how everything works for that purpose. Everything. Let's go to the next slide. And here we see How important is this concept of self-image? And what happens so that the world can be prepared for their power. So that the definitions can can be um, set up in such a way as to facilitate their power over others. You see that their self-image to be positive for them must be dialectically related to a negative image of the other, of the African. So that for them to be superior, we must be inferior. For them to be positive, we must be negative. They are subject, acting on, we become the object that which is controlled. So they know who is we, who is their ego. We are they. We are the other. So that relationship is extremely important. And what happens through this self image is that as we internalize that definition, you see, we internalize a definition of them as superior, an image of them as superior then it enables them, it enables the European, who is a minority of the world, a small minority of the world, less than 10%, and getting smaller. It enables them to gain the illusion of power over everybody else. While at the same time, as we internalize these images, it prevents us, the majority, you see, from realizing our source of power, which is the very part of us which we are learning to hate. The very part of us which we are rejecting, which we are denying. Makes sense for them to deny it because they don't have it can't control it. But for us to deny it, we're denying our source of power. So this this process of creating these images is very important. I understood it in terms of the discipline of anthropology, for instance, which is very key in supporting the European self-image as superior. The image of Africans as inferior, that whole civilized primitive dichotomy, that was why anthropology was created to support that process of self definition for the European and to put forth an image of Africans that would support and justify the colonial relationship, that we were not capable of governing. And ruling ourselves. Next slide, please. <coughs> and here, um, and by the way, for those of you who are reading the book or read the book, we're now at chapter um, 6, 7, and 8. Again, the Asili lacks spirit, seeks power. And here we're talking about European behavior and ethics in racial and cultural domination. By ethics, we simply mean the rules that they use to govern their behavior. We do not mean that they are moral in our sense or that we should expect them to be or that that should be our objective because it's not about morality when we're dealing with a non-maotic people. If we look at the left side of the diagram in the triangle, it is talking about the behavior of Europeans towards Europeans. Okay? Within the culture, so to speak. And we see that The behavior is competitive, it is individualistic, it is compulsively controlled. That is um, lacking a, a trust of feeling. And it is aggressive. There is no spiritual community within European culture, within European society. There is no spiritual joining. Now, it is aggressive and there is a danger there because if the aggression goes unlimited, what will they do? They will self-destruct. They will destroy each other. It's very important. So it will break down the system. All right. If we look at the large triangle on the right. Here you will see. That because of this reality. That they would destroy themselves. They create a construct. A concept of the cultural other. Who is the cultural other? The cultural other is us. The cultural other is the object. The object which was created by Plato in terms of the academy and rationalist thought. The object. You're set up already. What is the object? The object is that being, again, who it is okay to be aggressive towards. How aggressive? Unlimited. The cultural other is that group, that race, That it's okay to do whatever it is they need to do for their purposes. There are no holes barred when it comes to the cultural other. You might be limited when it comes to dealing with another European, but when you're dealing with the cultural other, when you're dealing with an African, it's okay to do anything you need to do. That's the way their ethic works. We need to understand that, we have never understood that. We have approached them as though they thought like we thought. As though they functioned like we functioned. So that the behavior of the Europeans towards others, towards the cultural other, can be violent to any degree and is. And we are witnessing that. It is xenophobic. Diop has told you that, meaning a fear and a hatred of strangers, of anybody who is different from them, because they know what that means. And then Dr. Welsing tells us even more so why, because of the threat, because of their own survival, because they are this tiny minority of the world. The cultural other can be exploited to any degree, can be destroyed, should be dominated, and so their behavior towards others is genocidal. And we need to understand that we're still thinking like, oh, they wouldn't do that instead of interpreting everything that they do in terms of their assili. And what is the nature of the, uh, their asili, It's for ultimate control, world domination, European power over other. Now, what happens to us? We don't use that analysis to interpret their words. And so they cleverly, that evil genius, they have constructed what they call, no, not what they call, what I call the rhetorical ethic. They would never call it that. What is the rhetorical ethic? It is a statement which is created just for us, just for the victims of their aggressive, exploitative, destructive behavior. It is a statement which does not reflect their intent. It is a statement which disarms us. Why? Because we listen to the words of so-called brotherly love and we act on them as though it was the truth of what Europeans really are about. That is the role of the missionary, the missionary who softens us up You see, and breaks our will, because on the one hand they come in talking about love, and at the same time, on the other hand, they are tearing down our culture and the very thing that would give us the strength to resist. That's what the missionary does, and that's what the rhetorical ethic does, and that's what happens in the academy. That's what happens with the so-called liberals. I would include in that any of them, even the so-called progressives, the Marxists, any of them. The language is we're here to help you. The reality is we are expressing the European silly, which means that we're here to control you. And that goes for all of them. the indigenous people here were quite correct. White man really does speak with forked tongue. Next slide, please. Those of you who are in the back, I don't know if you can see the, the slides. This is The Ideology of European World Domination, Chapters 7 and 8. I mean, I'm sorry, 9 and 10. And this is how all of this works itself out in ideological statements, statements that we have not been able to recognize as ideology. But now that we have the acili analysis, we will be able to do that. Let's look first at thought, the utama Waza. And here they become very tricky. And many of us right now are caught up in this. I call it the syntax of universalism, the language of universalism. When we begin getting to the core, the heart of this attack on our people and... Talking about where we need to go in order to pull out and pull from the strength, from our ancestral wisdom. When we talk about, like Marcus Mosiah Garvey did, in terms of race first, what do they do? They talk about universalism. Suddenly they become the universalists. Multiculturalism, perfect! You see how the terminology begins to be turned around. And then we find ourselves using their terminology. That is to keep us from being African-centered. So they talk about multiculturalism suddenly. These people who hate and fear difference, they talk about multiculturalism. But it's very tricky. You see, because we want to be the universalists, the humanitarians, and we will say, I'm just human, and we're all human. And that is to do away with difference. The best of them that you think is the best of them will talk to you about one culture, about doing away with difference. And you know what that means in their terms, and translated, interpreted in terms of their assili, it means European world domination. That's what it means. Universalism translates into the ideological doctrine of European superiority. Which is another way of saying white supremism. It is imperialistic, absolutu- absolutistic, and monolithic. Just when we, like we were talking about that concept of monotheism interpreted in terms of the Asili. So what we need to do is no matter what they say, whatever language they use, always look at it in terms of the Asili. How does it work to fulfill the Asili? And then we will understand, no, no, no. We don't want to be universal. We want to be African. If other people can deal with that, can relate to that, if that can help them, fine. But our purpose has got to be to avenge the spirits of our ancestors. If we look over at the Utama Rojo, the energy, the affective energy of the culture, and then we understand that in the middle always is the Asili, the Asili that is uh, seeking energy by imposing its own disorder on the world through racial and cultural domination. We see that the Utama Rojo has expressed itself ideologically through this idea of progressivism or progress and it has tricked us again because we sit here even now as I speak and I know you all want to make progress. You want to be progressive. Yet ask yourself, what is your model of progress? What does it look like? Does it look like the European? Well, this idea of progress was used to justify every act of aggression, every colonial enterprise that the european undertook the 19th century british empire people could talk proudly of the fact that the sun never set on their empire proud they were of this they could say this as if this was a good thing The British went around the world colonizing African people and other non-European people. The British Museum right now in London is a testament to that. They have a wing that's Chinese, a wing that's Indian, a couple of wings that are African. Right here, huh? They have all of these things which are not theirs, which they've stolen. Which to them say, we were great. This was our imperial might. Now how was that rationalized? It was rationalized because they were bringing progress to the world. That's what they said. And progress meant them. It meant we are making people want to be what we are making people want to have what we have it's a form of cultural enslavement mental enslavement it is something that disconnects you from your spirit and right now today on the continent that is the battle that we are fighting as we sit here right now us as we sit here with the drum, feeling our Africanness, affirming that and seeking to to recover it through the principle of Sankofa. As we sit here and do that, our brothers and sisters on the continent are trying as hard as they can to become European. Because they see Europe as representing civilization and the pinnacle of, of morality, of intelligence of everything that is good. And they can do that because of this concept of progress which said that everything was moving towards something. Nobody knew what it was but it was moving towards something in this line and that it was the Europeans that were taking it there. And you need to study the, the philosophical statements, <clears throat> the um, development even of the discipline of, um, of, of the social sciences, sociology, right. and how they were statements of this whole view so that they could be sold to the rest of the world. <clears throat> that there was this process that everybody it was this universal process that everybody in the world was going through moving towards becoming civilized becoming more progressive and that process was called progress and it was the europeans who were in control of the process that kind of thinking that ideology is still functioning now and it has got our brothers and sisters on the continent moving away from themselves so it becomes our job indeed to convince them that they are the source that they are in touch with it we have to do that we have to retrieve it we have to study it we have to know it and then we have to teach it and i was convinced of that even more so when I was there recently. Finally then, let's look at uh, the next slide, (coughs) which is an overall statement, a kind of summary of how this all works. You begin at the bottom with the acili. The acili is pathological. It is not natural, it is pathological. It manifests itself in the Utama Wazo and the Utama The Asili reorders the universe through the thought process, the Utama Wazo, and is then justified or reinforced by the energy, the Utamaroho, the Utamawazo, the cognitive manifestation of the Asili, the Utamaroho, the affective energy of the Asili. They are mutually supportive. They are the Asili. Don't think of them as separate. They then give birth to these various forms and institutions in the society. So you have institutionalized religion or Christianism, which is anti-nature. It tells you that your natural self is to be overcome. Think about it. It tells you that you were born in sin. That's a very deep concept. The African concept is that you are born divine. Every African child is sacred because they were born in the sacred universe by the Creator. And each and every one of us becomes an expression of that divine creative principle. That's the African conception. But in this conception, You are always trying to overcome and deny that which is natural in you. And you are always trying to, to apologize for the fact that you were born. I was in the marketplace in Accra. Christianity is very, very heavy in Ghana and I came to one of the stalls um, which had books it had a lot of Christian books and I asked the sister about them I just wanted to get into a discussion with her she said she was Christian and I said what does that mean she you know didn't know how to answer that I said why are you a Christian and after i finally got her to see that that was a question that was a valid question she said now you know i don't want to step on anybody's toes i'm going to tell you exactly what she said i'm just doing this to 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 be accurate she said i have learned to accept jesus Who will help me because I am as a filthy rag. Those were her words. Which shows you what it was that whatever religion it was that she thought she had, that's what it was doing to her mind. Now, just put that in cultural terms. You will understand the function of that institution within Europe. In terms of ideology and values, you can see materialism, white supremacy, the denial of spirit or the devaluation of spirit, money becomes a symbol of value. The aesthetic is artificial, non-spiritual, white. The self-image is as controlling nature, being uh, threatened by nature. So you have to control it as superior, rational, white. The image of others is in, as inferior. They are natural, which is bad. We are natural, which is bad. As object, irrational, and black. The other is black. <coughs> the intracultural behavior. There is no concept of a cosmic self. So you have the isolated individual ego, which fights other isolated individual egos. And here we, as African people, as spiritual people, adopt this concept of individualism and wonder why we're going crazy. Wonder why there's violence in our communities. And so behavior towards others is non-human, is genocidal and imperialistic. All of this reinforces the Asili, an Asili which lacking in spirit seeks power to fill the void. And this we have called the tangle of European cultural pathology, which creates the system of European world domination, a system of death without rebirth based on destruction the question becomes if they destroy themselves what will happen to us in the process that is a question that we have to address an important prior question this system has power where does it get its power from? Let's look at the next slide. Let's begin again with the Asili at the top, and then move towards the right. The Asili needs power, so it creates an utamawazo, which is the way Europeans are taught to think, it defines the universe, for the use of European power over other. They then create the system or the process of objectification. And they do that by denying spirit and degrading nature. institutions which are based on that Utama Wazo, that concept of thought, of truth. And in those institutions, we are taught, that is, African people are taught. The rest of us are taught to think according to their rules. And so we become educated in their truth. And the result is that African people then define themselves, we define ourselves as inferior objects of European domination, as we are trained to accept the system of global white supremacy as truth. Let's look again at the top, at the ceiling which is the origin. It needs power, you move to the left, so it seeks to fulfill itself. And then we have the platonic discovery of how you could use a concept of truth and make it an ideology by saying it's the only way to know, the only way to approach reality. A concept which looks like them. And so he established the academy, the academy based on the concept and process of objectification, based on a tyranny of rationalism or control. And what happened in that academy? It was a training ground and continues to be a training ground for Those who are supposed to dominate, they are taught to dominate. At the same time, those who are to be dominated are taught to be dominated. They are taught to be ruled. We are taught to be victims, to be objects. That is the method as we are taken away from our source and taught to deny our spirit. And so this results in Africans learning to think of themselves as inferior objects, being trained to accept the system of global white supremacy as truth. We internalize their truth in the academy, in nursery schools, in elementary school, through the TV, wherever. We tell their story for them. This is the process of the colonization of the African mind. It is the process of mental slavery and how that comes to be. You can only be a slave if there is a master. So this is the process by which the master is created, and thereby the slave. Question, where does the system get its power from? Who can tell me the answer? Us. It gets its power from us. We give up our power. How, as we accept their definition of truth and reality. That's how it works. What do we have to do to break that power? Redefine. Come back home. Do Sankofa. The next one. Oh, (laughs) I have that one up there. All right. What that one is about, you can't see it too clearly, but that is about um, what happens, you see. I really wanted to do another one first, but let's do that one. Now, suppose we focus on a European... We destroy the European or the European destroys himself. What happens then? Everything's perfect, then. Why? Why isn't it? All right. Good. Very good. Very good, sister. Here's how I see it. I see Urugu as a virus a virus that has infected us we became hosts for that virus once the virus infects us then we exhibit behaviors which are anti-African we begin treating each other not as Africans should treat each other we are a people in self-denial self-conflict. We are treating ourselves as objects taking drugs, eating poorly. We are treating each other as objects killing each other. We are involved in relationships which are controlling, which are exploitative. We have forgotten the sacred mother principle So we are out of balance. We have taken on patriarchal forms. We deny the spiritual. We have no time for the spiritual. We do not incorporate the spiritual in our organizations. Our organizations are hierarchical. They are about ego. Leadership is about ego. Leadership is not accountable. There is no system of accountability. We believe only in an academic concept of truth and think that our children's learning takes place in school so our children are taken away from us so our children can be good at math and then totally irresponsible and we think that's being smart. We do all of these things because the virus is in us. So what does that mean that we have to do? We have to cleanse ourselves. We have to heal. We have to come back to our concepts of truth. Let's have the next uh, slide, I think. Everybody else was ignorant. We go into the academy in a state of self-denial and come out of it, how? Prepared to destroy African people. For instance, there's a crime bill. We identify, oh great, they're going to take all those awful people off the street. Not understanding that these are our children. This is our future. And that's because of who we've been taught to identify with. We come out of these institutions ready to support and perpetuate European domination. We come out denying an African worldview. And we come out, most importantly, afraid of African ritual. Ritual. Ritual is the deepest kind of learning that we can have. Ritual is spiritual learning. It is through ritual that we internalize truth. But we've been taught to be afraid of African ritual. And so the effect that our, our sojourn through these institutions, various institutions, whether it's the academy, the church, whatever it is, is to turn us against ourselves and to have us denying our ancestors. The system indeed gets its power through us, from us. And all we have to do is to deny it that source of power. And the way to do that is for us to return to the source is for us to create our own institutions the brother got up and talked about starting a business we have been taught to be dependent the ma'afa is that great disaster when we were raped kidnapped and made political prisoners which we still are And in the process of the Ma'afa, which continues, we were trained to be dependent on the very being that would destroy us. That's the process of enslavement. That is the creation of the master. So that we cannot visualize an independent African institution. We have all the resources that we need, but we don't build our own schools, our own universities, whatever we would call them. We're in a state of denial. That's the answer. We've got to get back that kind of belief in self. Can I have the next slide, please? And there are people who are doing that, African people, who are bringing back the power of Africa which is the power to do, the power to energize, reconnecting to the source in our own environments. Next slide please. We are doing them by creating our own places of study with our own objectives and goals in environments which feed us and nurture our spirits these are people who are involved in a leadership training process in virginia that is run by a group called uncle that comes out of washington dc the brother rj akoto has written a book called nation building which every african people person should read And that is about creating our own environments based on our own concepts which affirm who we are which allow us to use our own resources for ourselves our own energies for ourselves next slide please and in these environments we not only think together discuss together but we actually build together how many people here have actually participated in the act of building a building. Not very many. And if you have, sister, that's good, all of us need to be able to do that, to build together. These young people are building a building. Next slide, please. And so we participate with the symbols that connect us to our source, the sacred stools, and we honor our sacred ancestors and we use their energy to continue to build and our young people, as you see the sister there, grows up in this. Imagine how affirming that is for her. Next slide. And we have, we wear clothing that is actually made by us. You see a camp here, Heritage Village Encampment where young people make their own clothing, do their own dances, dance to their own rhythm, to the rhythm of their people. If you grow up in that, you have a very different concept than most of us have now. You don't want to put chemicals on your skin or your hair for that matter. You don't want to imitate another person's way of thinking. You glorify what is your own and you feel the strength of that. Next slide, please. We see here, well, I guess people in the back can't see, but even the waist beads that have been made, they're beautiful um, uh, beaded jewelry that is around the waists of the um, sisters who are dancing. It's made by them in that environment which is theirs on land that is owned by their family which is our family that's nation building. So it's a way of thinking that will help us to cleanse because we are talking as Aikwe Arma told us about not the healing of a single person but we're talking about the healing of a race and the healing of African people will take place through the act and the activity of nation building, which is the building and the creation of African institutions. Up, you mighty race. You can accomplish what you will. Madasi, Madasi.
2: Sankofa 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 History calls us to remember To understand Where we are going, where we are from History is made by what we do and say History is made each and every day for men and women who have done their best, history it is that put them to the test. And those who write their own history will be better able to control their destiny. So we ask the question today, is someone deciding our actions or thoughts and what we say? Are we living out someone else's dreams? Is this a plan for a purpose or a scheme? For a people to be so ignorant of their glory, living so much illusion, lies and history. of their history Might end up repeating slavery History is a landmark of time Don't know it and be left behind What will history say of you? When it is written, will it be true? You who has the power to write Will decide your fate Your history in your hands prevent self-hate. So I say to you, wake up and see, make history guide your destiny. Inspiration without information will definitely lead us to superstition. A people without a knowledge of their past is like a tree without roots. Who gave us the leaves? And all the bad fruit. He who has the power to write. Will decide your fate. Your history in your hands prevents self hate. Your history in your hands prevents self hate. Sankofa copa. Some
1: Period. Before we start that, we're going to have a poem presentation by Brother Richard White. Once again, give her another hand for this.
3: Amos. The battle must be joined. No nation, no civilization has come to the fore without new organization, without thinking new thoughts, without working, without actually doing, without being willing to take a chance. A willingness to risk all, without a willingness to go against overwhelming odds, without a determination to be the best, to be superior, without a desire to determine its destiny and that of others, Without a willingness to fight, to shed blood, to risk defeat, the battle must be joined. It must be fought. Being a battle of mind, mind wars of spirit, of will, of belt bolts, of iron and steel, shell and bomb, of tank and plane, of rockets and satellite star wars, of technology, of information, the battle must be fought. The continent throw down, the chip knock from the belt, Bullies shoulder the line stepped over the clash and clang of sword, curses of men, mounds of pain. The battle must be joined fought in the streets from door to door in the schoolroom in the boardroom in the bedroom in the war room hand to hand combat must commence the battle must ultimately will be won in the field. It matters not if you're erratically delineated the subtleties and the nuances of racism and racial dis- discrimination, if you can del- delicately dissect with a master surgeon's skill the anatomy of race and the body of politics, if you can tease out the intent Thread, if you can paint the most beautiful dreams on canvas, or write the greatest vision of parchment, or ride in your time machine and visit ancient African kingdoms, cities, and empires, or feel the pain and degradation of slavery, or celebrate all we have given to the world, or point out with great explanation the white devil, still, the challenge must be taken up. Fire must fight fire. Institution, traditions, habits, hopes must be uprooted, raised, and put to the torch. No stone left unturned. And institutions, traditions, habits, hopes must be restored, rekindled, or rebuilt anew. Bricks stacked in place. New songs must be sung. New voices must carry the tune. New feats must march to the new drum beats. New hands, new banners, and standard raised. These songs must your songs. The voices, your voices. The feet, your feet. The hands must be the ones at the end of your arms. The soul unsold to the devil must be your soul. A new world must be created. Make it your world. Amandala.
1: tables outside there. Now, you've had a very meaty meal here. Hotel? Hotel. Let, me, let me urge you to continue this process to recapture your African mind, to understand your oppressor, and to get on the road of liberation by taking a look and purchasing some of the books we have on, on the outside on the table there. Many classic works are there, including some of The Good Sister here. Not only was Urugu a classic work, but there's a little tiny volume there called Let the Circle Be Unbroken. Now, there's a book. It's really tiny but it is compact with incredible information about African spirituality. A word that seems to be very confusing out there because Europeans are talking about spirituality. They damn sure are not talking about what we're talking about. And indeed, you know, if we're on the the right track of recovering our minds, we need to know what African spirituality is about to incorporate in all aspects of our struggle and our lifestyle. It is, in fact, one of, the, one of the factors, one of the traits that we will be looking for in each other and looking for in our institutions as to whether or not you're on track. Brothers and sisters, let's welcome the good sister back to the microphone for a brief question and answer period. Now, this will only be 15 minutes. Oh, what's Your question, is oh, Um, if you can, please come to the front because we don't have any microphones here, and speak loudly and clearly so that the entire audience can understand what you're saying. Thank you.
5: Um, there's a brother. He wanted his book signed. Going back. Don't go anywhere. I'll do it as soon as the questions go. Okay. Don't recognize people um
1: one two three
3: i just want to say thank you very much with for being us. Here and, thank um, you bringing us this wisdom uh
1: would you just tell me what you meant by jerry so benny so almost so and um i just want to make a comment when you were speaking of the um, that they will self-destruct and break down the system, and I just wanted to bring it to the fore. Uh, one of the things they uh, approved the NACTA the, the trade agreements, and within just a relatively
0: short period of time, they're ready now to give a $40 billion loan.
1: So that's part of their own self-aggression mm-hmm. and uh, their own ways that they are beginning to self-destruct. So what will happen to us? It's, it's up to us to
5: build our own systems, our own schools, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, the terms, those terms come from the Dogon system, of the process of knowledge. And I said, Jiriso, uh, they've translated as word at face value. Um, Beniso, word from the side. Voloso, word from behind. And dai, the clear word. That's the translation.
1: That's in the book. Some further discussion
5: on it. No, um, <clears throat> no, <laughs> I do that other places, and I've done that in lectures because um, I interpret them. You can then you can try yourself to then interpret what each would mean. Um, I have a chart uh, I could show you later that elaborates on them. Okay, I um what I've been doing is doing I just started doing workshops on the book. And that's one of the things that I include in the workshop. So if people are interested in that, that's something you can organize and then, you know, contact me right. to come in. You. You're welcome. Okay, sure. All right. Mm-hmm. Can, can the people who have questions move to the center
3: and then that way or stand up at least so that we can hear you? Then we'll move you in order. We'll start here um, and go back if everybody's okay. Everyone
1: else with questions, please come to the center here so we can have it organized.
5: <laughs> um, it, we won't be able to go on too long because I also want to leave 20, time 20 for people to, um, to sign people's books. I know people want that, and then I have to leave, I have to catch a train. Okay. Who says what's natural and or what's African? How is that determined? How do they know? Okay. What authority? Um, it certainly is not an authority in the sense of, of, uh, of a hierarchy. Um, it's part of the process of us retrieving, studying, um, and looking for I'll tell you what I've done, looking for the common principles that are found in um, the various expressions of African culture, um, African institutions, and African spiritual systems. Because one of the things that you find is that while there are different um, languages and the um, spiritual entities for instance will be given different names you find the common principles in all African spiritual systems Um, the ancestors, the universe as a spiritual whole, the things that I was talking about they're all there in all African systems in all of the culture. Now, um, there certainly are the instances of the denial of those things um, which are you know atypical behavior which always makes for our destruction for instance the um, selling of other Africans or even the enslavement of other Africans and we need to see that as um, as anti-African behavior you know African anti-African behavior. How
3: many friends the phenomena of I'm more African than you
5: are? Uh, Um, you know what I believe? I don't even use the term um, African-American for instance. Uh, To me that's a contradiction in terms and I see it as the a silly manifest itself in us. Um, there is a saying which a brother very close to me um, was the first to say it to me, then it's been said I think in the book recently, um, Chester Higgins book, but um, that Africa is born in me. And so we ourselves become manifestations of that Asili. What happens is that, um, that African Asili manifests itself in different ways, but the core, the seed, is always consistent is always there. Just like the Europeans is always consistent, ours is always consistent too, but it takes different forms. So that we are all in, we as African people, are all living in a state of contradiction. All of us. We are all in a transitional process. All of us. So that I never want to stand up and, and, and sound like I'm being judgmental about what some African people are doing as though I myself, you know, are at a, a different place. I am at a different place, but I'm not at the same place as somebody else is at. You know, there's work that we all are involved in a process together. So that that doesn't make any sense. And I think even the brothers and sisters on the continent are. Uh, I just came back from Panifest which was a, a, a conference over there and there was this feeling of the recognition of the special place that we have as diasporic Africans, Africans, you know born here, um, in, in the whole movement to reclaim African civilization as opposed to that view of well they're the real Africans you know and we aren't so um, uh, you know your question is a good one but it is, it's not like there's any easy answer, it's that the answer is in the process itself and the process is that, is that return to self that we all have to be involved in. Your response, Mr. Okay. Thank you. In one of the temples over in Egypt, in one of the temples
1: in Egypt, there is a uh, expression Man, know thyself. Right. Know thyself. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of the uh, improvement will have to come
5: from us ourselves. Right. Absolutely. Um, they, the uh, comment was the uh, inscription on the temple in uh, Kemet, um, know thyself, that that comes from us um and and what is meant by that is that we are a microcosm of the of the universe that the principles of the universe exist in us so that in studying ourselves and knowing ourselves we come to know the universe and the same is true as we uh, study the universe we are coming to know ourselves and that's what what that's about it's about the connectedness again
3: We have only time for two more questions. It's 9, 10. Uh, I want to make a comment as well as a question. You mentioned about nation building. Yes. Okay, I'm in agreement with that. Yes. I think a lot of us uh, agree with that. Too. Yes. But I also believe that it takes a great deal of money to establish programs or projects that would benefit us mm-hmm. now.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I also believe that we have... Uh, a number of African Americans who do have the means to do that, mm-hmm. but they may be afraid to mm-hmm. because, now my bad question, <laughs> um, how do we do that without uh, uh, becoming, mm-hmm. uh, how do I say, interfered or developing a paranoia mm-hmm. or, or by the establishment? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, you know, at the moment we do that, we become
5: sabotaged. Okay. The question is, how do we build independent African institutions um, with, without being um, what, destroyed or without uh, having agents among us or, or whatever? The, the pictures that I showed you, the, the slides, um, were of an institution that has been in existence for over 20 years. Um, and is growing and expanding um, you know numerically still it's just it's it's small but there's, it's, it's in process it has grown and it has done that without grants from the government um, being independent it has done that This is Watoto School in um, Washington. I don't know if people know it, Nation House Positive Action Center, and that's one, that's one example that I know because I've worked very closely with them. The answer is that we have to focus on building. Don't focus on what the enemy can do. Focus on what we can do. When you talked about Uh, it taking a lot of money. One of the things that Brother Amos used to tell us all the time, you take a community like Harlem and people think of it as a poor community, yet there are economic resources in Harlem. The amount of money that African people spend yearly in this country alone is unbelievable if you have the figures. We are talking in the hundreds of billions. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not exaggerating and you can get the figures. I have some in the book, but they need to be updated. We have that and we don't spend it with a nationalist consciousness. We spend it as individuals. So it's not that we don't have the resources to do what we have to do. Um, And that if we, it's the consciousness that we don't have. Once we have the consciousness, we'll use our resources correctly, and we will deal with whatever we have to deal with as it comes. Paranoia, we cannot allow paranoia, as you're calling it, um, and you know, the word is good, um, to stop us from work. Do you see what I'm saying? If we did that, that we would stay in a kind of, depend- we would be functioning out of fear. We can't do that. That is not to say that, that it's not a reality of what has been done in the past, COINTELPRO and so forth. I'm not saying that, um, you know, you talk about everything that you're doing. Um, you pick your forums. You know what you, you know, if you're serious, then you don't have to do a lot of talking about it, that kind of thing but uh, the most important thing is that you know what it is that you want to do and that you get people together who want to do the same thing and it'll come to be. Thank you. Thank you. Brothers and sisters, I'm afraid... Wait, let's... Let's. you want to take one more? Yeah, and then the sister.
3: Okay. okay. Uh, I was recently in January as well. Oh, okay. And one of the discussions we had was about the tension between brothers
0: and sisters here, here and, and brothers and sisters on the continent mm-hmm. and that in order for us to come together particularly to mm-hmm. around the whole issue of
3: some of us having been a part of the so called slave mm-hmm. trade mm-hmm. that we have to overcome that. We have to develop some kind of healing process.
5: Right. So you speak to it? Sure I will. Um in, as a part of Panifest that I just came back from, um, I think it was two days before I actually arrived in Ghana, there was a ceremony which was the first of its kind, as I understand, and Gary Byrd, who is in New York, was there, was a part of it, and has been talking about it on the radio. He is a, a talk person um, that we all know in, in New York, um, <clears throat> where the, um, the traditional leaders, the Oman the, the, um, uh, Omanhenis um, came together, organized a ceremony where they actually made a statement of, um, of the sorrow that they felt because of what had happened during this period, which was a first on, on that level for that to happen. So it's like the beginning of a healing process. Um, What I was struck by through the conference of of Panifest was um, that there is a new awareness of of ancient African civilization for continental Africans. That is, they are now talking about um, civilization as we know it, what we created, what we did in terms of science, math, and and so forth, which is very new for them, but means that they gotta take their lead from us because it's over here that that kind of information is is coming forth. I mean you have DIOP, but you have DIOP really being studied here. Um, So that what I was seeing was that the beginning of that healing process is beginning to take, it's taking place. Um, Haile Garima was there um, he was given a, a very important role, so he addressed the entire body, uh, whereas uh, others of us were in, you know, in smaller groups. And he talked about, in fact, he brings tears to your eyes when he talks, because what he said was that it is um, Africans in the diaspora which, um, who brought him back to his source, who, because of our special kind of experience, had made him feel who he was in a way that he hadn't before. And he said that particularly there was a a focus on the dungeons, which, by the way, we will never call castles um, again, so so change your vocabulary on that. But the dungeons where we were kept, uh, which you see in the film Sankofa, um, have you, how many people have seen Sankofa? Excellent. Okay, that's a good basis. Um, so I'm talking about the brother who made the film. But he says, he was telling um, the, the, the brothers and sisters on the continent that they have to listen to us in terms of the significance of those dungeons because we bring to them an experience which they could never know. Right. And just in hearing him talk about that, he also talked about this deep love that we have for Africa, in spite of um, rejection, in spite of all the things that we have gone through. We continue to have this this relationship. This we won't be turned back in terms of of, of having to to reclaim. Africa and and so that we have to teach um the African world so I I I agree with you that it is necessary the process but I also feel what I came away feeling was that the the process is is at least recognized that it has to happen so and that's a beginning that's a beginning yes last question um, I attend a um, predominantly white um, school Mm -hmm. and my question was, I, I'm a, trying to adopt your ideas. Mm-hmm. So when this uh, white person uh, that's going through their vibe, their essence, their dressing like me, whatever, ah. comes up to me and says, you know, mm-hmm. how can I be black? How can I be you? <laughs> right. And I say, you know, first, you know, you got to deny your little selfish values and, you know, you have to get a little, uh, I don't know what they call it, but, you know, soul and your Euro- European assillite. I don't know what to call them after that, you know? Okay, um, the question is, when this European comes to her and says, how can I be black, what does she say? The answer is you never, ever try to tell them how to do that, ever, okay? That posture towards you is a posture of um, superiority. It's a posture which is self-serving for European people. It's a posture which, um, which perpetuates European power. If that person um, is talking about his or her political intent... If they really want to do good, then they need to leave you alone. They need to go back to their people and deal with the work that their people have to do among themselves. And I'm not saying, by the way, that I'm not talking about hope for them. Because I'm not the least bit interested in, in what can happen with them. As far as I'm concerned, that a silly is what it is and it cannot be changed. But what I'm saying is I'm looking at, you have to understand, why is this person talking to you? Why would somebody say to you, how can I be black? Do you understand? That's a denial of what it is that they are. And that's what they're trying to get you to do. The, the thing that happens, because I went to a white school too, what they try to do is to come at you as an individual and try to get you to regard them as an individual, you see. And for you to do that, if you start thinking, oh, well, this is a good one, then what you're doing is you're not thinking politically anymore and they have disarmed you. Always think in terms of the assili, it is consistent, and goes for all of them. What you need to do is to focus on your people. You're in a bad place, which is a white school, many of us are, so you you go there very focused on what it is that you want to get out of there and you get out of there and then you start, you come back home. Okay? Thank you. I gotta I, make I, sure the um, Where's the
3: carousel? Uh, again, let me apologize for my ignorance. The carousel. And my, yeah, um,
5: I need it. Sinfulness that these were taken out. Because
3: uh, model oh, yes. Been, has been excellent yeah. and 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 really helping us carry the rhythm. And you
5: know, we, so could could we all? Yes, please. please? Okay. I need to see it. I want to see it, actually. Uh, yes, and I want to give a special Madasi, uh, Sante Sana, to the brother. The, the drum is always the most important thing that we can have, and it always helps me, and I meant to do that, and I thank you so much. Thank you, brother.
4: American me, no, I ain't stutter. Though I speak broken English, I teach. Yeah, we got issues, cracks and pistols, blood spilling the street. Black babies suffer from a diet of hate over beats. Teachers and preachers, politicians, musicians for gain Making a killing by concealing the cause of my pain Radio stations making mountains of money to place Rich corporations, advertisements in front of my face These corporations never come to my hood To get the bird's eye view of how the shit ain't good They just position products to exploit the black dollar And our blatant lack of knowledge of our vast spending power cowards Never think to spend a cent in the bricks As long as niggas keep spinning dough in front of the shit We get a million life-size Hennessy scripts Thanks to mainstream media for selling them ships. Easy light is gonna be alright. Easy light is gonna be alright. 400 years my slaving out in wilderness. Searching to find some peace and rest. We scratch the turn table some right part one. Spin on them back and rock microphones So Easy light is gonna be alright. Easy light is gonna be alright. Hey, 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 hey. If you make you know this ain't blood working in the vein, it's in a Divide and conquer the views yo We go yo, yo, yo Scramble for hip-hop 1880 Conference of Berlin Scramble for Africa and all her resources again from the shit that they did to us then that's why we suffer ignorance is the wickedest sin we send our babies to the same institutions that slaved us for education on the world from the conqueror's view the textbooks are damn near 30 years old that they gave us the teachers unions try to tell you i'm bonkers it's true black educators lawyers doctors and rappers alike who getting money and positions of power and fame don't try to separate yourself from israel in the plight by looking down on the less fortunate with disdain Jesus, like just going to it's going to be all right. Four hundred it's been slaving and in wilderness. Searching for to find some peace and yeah, rest. Respect the turntable, able on right part one. Spin, pan and back, and rock microphones so, up. like is going to be all right. like is going to be all right. This Eurocentric supremacist system based on oppression, politics, race, and crackatilism shakes the people into groups and classes so the masses won't rise up against they asses. Thus, black people think that when they seek social mobilization and move from poor to middle class, they will take some salvation. Your three degrees and your PhDs won't change the fact of them. You a nigga, due to knowledge. You through the eyes of Caucasians Who ain't even 15% of the world's population If not for white supremacy, they face annihilation Thus the need to subjugate and oppress the darker nations But all white people ain't evil, they all ain't racist Just don't ask them for reparations My friends are not racist let they ask us never say shit about the clear channel playlist And I fight for reparations so, Easier like is gonna be alright Easier light, is gonna be alright
0: Okay, that concludes our digitally remastered presentation from Dr. Marimba Ani in our audio praxis series called Dr. Marimba Ani's Yurugu. This episode has featured music from Conscientization 101 Decolonize This Properly Defining Settlers Part 1 from our musical commentaries collection. Muda Baruka. History, from his album, Life and Lessons. And Wise, Intelligent, Israelite, This Uprising 05, from his album, Blessed Be The Poor. Links to featured music are in our show notes. We also included links to Dr. Marimba Anish and her other book, Let the Circle Be Unbroken, in the show notes. So that is it for this episode and don't forget when you visit us at Constantization101.com or c101magazine.com sign up to our mailing list for exclusive information and downloads. And visit our store where you can download our free gift today. Hear all our tracks before we air them on our IDL practice series and pick up an unabridged interview or two. And Pick up a few musical commentaries and a shirt. Why not? 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 Support 100% independent media so we can continue to learn from each other. And also, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Conscien1. That is C-O-N-S-C-I-E-N and the number one on Facebook at conscientization 101 and Instagram at C101Editors. Thanks again for listening. We will be back in two weeks with Dr. Amos Wilson in our Prices series. We are out. Conscientization. What?